Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the School Safety 101 podcast. My name is Steve Webb, and I am your host. This podcast is sponsored in part by Safe School Systems, providing school safety strategies to better protect our future. And the Safe School Helpline, helping parents and students break the silence to prevent an event. Within this podcast, we discuss 21st century school safety issues and best practices to help keep our kids safe while they attend school. Shortly after the Parkland school shooting in Florida, I received a phone call from my friends at the Illinois Association of School Administrators asking me to write an article for their magazine that maybe will help education leaders across the state understand what they should be doing right now to improve safety in their schools. So I wrote the article, School Safety 101, Three Things You Should Be Doing Today. And I would like to share this article with you this on this episode number two of our School Safety 101 podcast, as it points out some valuable research that may help you better discuss these issues with your teachers, school boards, or whomever you need to convince that the time is now to act on preventing violence in our schools. There are those who watch it happen, those who wonder what happened, and there are those who make it happen. I use this quote often in my presentations and workshops, because we as educators, as members of a knowledge-craving society, watch these events occur on television, listen to all of the experts give testimony, and pray for everyone involved and hope that it never happens to us. But folks, it will happen somewhere. We certainly have no shortage of experts offering advice and training ideas emanating from all facets of political social forces, we need a short list of what we should be doing today so that we are prepared for when tomorrow changes our world. The world changed in Marshall County, Kentucky, certainly in Parkland. The world changed in Littleton, Colorado in 99, and since then we've had over 300 school shootings, 25 of them proven fatal, and countless plans and threats to conduct a school shooting. The first thing we need to do is communicate with our stakeholders. According to the National School Safety and Security Center, there are five areas of communication that can be used to help mitigate fear and build the capacity to generate productive two-way discourse about what we are dealing with in our schools today. These five, five items include maintaining a school safety area on your webpage, engaging stakeholders, especially parents, in school safety planning, promoting school safety and working together in your local media, dedicating board meeting time for school safety and developing or maintaining a crisis communications plan. Within each of these areas still lies the social paradox of if we give them too much information, can they plan an attack? Or if we talk about it too much, will it give them ideas? At this point, folks, keeping our practices a secret is not working. If we're truly going to learn from mistakes, we need all of the efforts of our school and community to come together. All of them. We need to identify together how we move forward or we will just continue to languish in the what ifs and the pray that it doesn't happen here. The second thing we need to do 
is to conduct a threat assessment, a true threat assessment of the learning environment in a way that will motivate people, will implement smart, common sense policies and evaluate movement to providing for the mitigation of those threats. The U.S. Secret Service provided a framework for this several years ago when they suggested we develop the capacity to pick up on and evaluate available or knowable information that might indicate that there is a risk of school violence and employ the results of these risk evaluations in developing strategies to prevent potential school violence from occurring. But where do we start? There are a lot of organizations and companies that will come in and do threat assessments for you folks. Threat assessments start when the child enters the school. It starts when that child enters kindergarten or pre-kindergarten. Every single day that threat assessment takes place, not just a one time, put it on a shelf, look and see that your doors are locked uh, and that they're closing properly. That's a structural threat assessment. We're talking about children and how they behave and whether the norm has been breached. We've got to stop saying boys will be boys, girls will be girls, and start identifying individual factors with individual children and not just identifying them, acting upon those behaviors. The secret, U.S. Secret Service and U.S. Department of Education studied 37 separate school attacks. 98% had suffered a recent loss or failure. 93% planned their attacks in advance, and 81% of shooters had explicitly revealed their intentions. 81% told someone they were going to do it. Folks, you've got to implement a way right now for people to provide you information. If you know it, you can stop it. That's how we're stopping a lot of these terroristic threats today, is somebody is telling us about it. That is also a culture change. No child wants to be a snitch. No child wants to be labeled that. You've got to provide them in an anonymous way to let you know when something is going on that you need to address. The last item, the last thing that you need to be doing today is to take a close look at your response plans. And I don't just mean put together another committee of administrators and teachers, maybe even law enforcement officers, to analyze a plan on paper. We mean put the plan in action and not just after a school shooting. If you are only dealing with the lockdowns that occur when a school shooter comes on the campus, it is too late. It is too late. I'm talking about responding to that child the first day they walk into that school. Responding to behaviors, responding to changes, responding to the trauma that they're walking in those doors with. We all have seen and most likely used the sample plan sent to us from our various state agencies or even a federal agency. That's certainly, that's certainly a start. But if you've got a plan that's simply on paper and in some three-ring binder, then you don't have a plan. You have policies. Putting those policies into action is a plan. 
If you don't do it on a daily basis, you don't have a plan. You have a policy and you hope you never use it. It is my hope that these suggestions, this call to action, will somehow provide that catalyst for you to step up your game and take your school safety to the next level. Bruce Schneider, author of several books on general security topics, computer security. He says, despite fearful rhetoric to the contrary, terrorism is not a transcendent threat. A terrorist act cannot possibly destroy our country's way of life. It's only our reaction to that attack that can do that kind of damage. Folks, schools are still one of the safest places a child can be. It's our willingness to improve upon that is the key. That's all the time we have. Thank you for tuning in to the School Safety 101 podcast. My name is Steve Webb, and you can reach me at www.safeschoolsystems.org. That's www.safeschoolsystems.org with comments or suggestions or any ideas that can help keep our kids safe as we are all in this together for tomorrow. See you next time.